Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And my guest this week is a woman who's lifted the lid on a conversation that so many have spoken around in always hushed tones, the rewards and challenges of blended families, and she has turned the volume up on it. But her journey to parenthood hasn't been conventional. She met and fell in love with a man who was widowed with three small children. They were a family deep in grief, learning to heal after their mother and his wife had lost her life to breast cancer two years previously. Meanwhile, she was living a very different kind of life as a 26-year-old single woman and recently joined cast member of The Only Way is Essex, having previously worked as a PA at a bank in the city for seven years. But after being swept off her feet by not only him, but also his children, she made the decision to quit the show. She found herself at the heart of a family who were knee-deep in grief and loss, and through that time, she found her feet as the linchpin of what would become their new family unit. Two years after meeting, they married in Turkey following a truly romantic proposal and she was walked down the aisle by their sons with their daughter as her maid of honour. Their journey as a family is one they've shared in two documentaries whilst all the time protecting their children, of which, by the way, there are now four after they welcomed their son Cree in 2020. Her transformation from TOWIE cast member to thoughtful, open, caring parent is something she shared in her own brilliant podcast, Blended. I can't wait to talk to her more. Let's dial her up, shall we? It's Kate Ferdinand. Good morning. 
Wow, that was impressive. That was very impressive. <laughs> morning. Thanks for having me. What an intro. We're not drinking because, as we've said, it's morning and we've all got kids and school runs and stuff. But otherwise, Kate, I would 100% be chinking my glasses uh, with you because, wow, what a journey. I hate that word normally, but you have earned the right to call it a journey. <laughs> It has been, it has been one. And when I hear you speak, say it back like that, I think, wow, I've come pretty far. You don't often hear people speak about you like that. Do you know what I mean? No. (laughs) Yeah. And and it is a remarkable transformation in terms of, if you think about the day-to-day life you had as a 26-year-old woman versus now, and the bridge you've kind of traveled to get there, it is extraordinary, isn't it? It really is. I mean, the worries back then are so different to the worries now. What shoes am I wearing? What You know, it's just so different. But I couldn't be more grateful for where I am now, feeling really yeah. content and happy, although it has been an up and down roller coaster journey. And it still is sometimes with obviously children that are grieving, but so grateful to be where I am now. It's been amazing watching you blossom, grow, flourish in the face of this, struggle in the face of it. Because I think people take, certainly people that have tried to blend their own families have have been really reassured that it's not always easy because Instagram and social media can can just show you the highlights, right? (laughs) 100%. And you know what? I always talk about this, but that's something that makes me anxious as well. You know, if you're having a bad day and you look on Instagram and you, you might have stayed at home with your kids because you can't bother to take them out. You're just not feeling the mood. And someone's been to an adventure park and they've cooked dinner and you're like, oh my God, I'm a terrible parent. Exactly. Um, the children are eating cucumber crudités and they've been to soft play and you're still in your pyjamas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Instagram, you, I mean, it's people's highlights, isn't it? It's the best bits of their life. And sometimes you can't help but compare your not-so-good bits to everyone's best bits. So I've just made a conscious effort to try and share the great bits but the not so great bits as well can I ask a question this is something that keeps coming back to me every time so I've watched both documentaries um in in advance of talking to you today bald and bald and bald my eyes out I mean you're by the time those beautiful children escorted you down the aisle I mean it was the most phenomenal full stop on that chapter before you turn the page into the next chapter. And I, God, I, was, I was with you every step of the way down that aisle. Did you know you had this in you when you started your relationship with Rio? Did you know that you had the capacity for all this love and all this struggle? I'm laughing because I think I didn't quite know what I was signing up to. <laughs> no. but, and, it's, and it's funny to look back at me now thinking it'll be, it'll be fine, you know. But I'm quite a resilient person. I'm very loving. I wear my heart on my sleeve. And I think, you know, my childhood was, I I, I really craved love and wanted the people around me to feel love. Because maybe when I was a child, I didn't have my dad around. I was an only child. I felt, I felt a bit lonely at times. So it's worked out in a weird kind of way. But I feel as though this is the love that I needed when I was young, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I've got this family that I always wanted, but just in a different kind of route to what I expected. I was watching the, in your documentary that you, you made with Rio. Um, so, so the first documentary that he made, you'd only just met before it aired, it aired. And it was his story as a man who'd lost his wife, the mother of his children. 
And then the second documentary is you two coming together as a family and working through all of the stuff that comes up as a result of that. Plus the fact that obviously his children and he are all grieving. He lost his mum, they lost their mum. So, so, so much. There's, there's so much going on. But you're sat in a, in a therapy session with other parents who have had a similar journey, I suppose. And you say, I feel like in front of strangers, I can call the children my children, but around the people that know us, that are close to us, sometimes that's that those words just are rejected or people might flinch or have a physical, Rio says they have a physical reaction to it. Like, well, they're not your kids. You've been, you know, just that stuff is so huge. And yet you just march on through Kate and all you ever do think of the kids and that's remarkable i think that's the success of of where you've got to with that with your family the children have always come first oh thank you so much you saying that that feels like a kind of lifetime ago does it because i was i found it a lot more difficult than it was the early years they mm. say it takes i think don't quote me four to seven years yeah and you were in like year that. four by then weren't you no i think that was only year two i'm only oh. on year five now wow. so i was desperately looking for hope everywhere (laughs) and that's what blended's about as well is like the podcast is that Mm. people are you know further down their journey or they've just started their journey and you can kind of get hope from where other people are at um but for me I mean I still have those wobbles where people certain people make me feel like I can't say that and and make me feel uncomfortable but I feel stronger in myself now no, they're not my biological children, but they are my children. I raise them as my children, but I'm not their mum. It kind of doesn't make sense, but it makes sense in our little household. Yeah. 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 Especially the bond that you had. I mean, in the documentary, I appreciate all the children are, are that much older now. And the teenagers, I'm, I'm living them. They're, they're different, <laughs> for sure. They come with their own unique <laughs> challenges. Um, but the relationship you have with Tia, I mean, beautiful. Just a beautiful connection. That must be very special so lucky like I feel so blessed as much as they drive me bloody mental at times and I I nag at them constantly and we annoy each other you know there's just moments where I think we're just so lucky to have each other like we really are because you know everything that they've been through and I've just is crazy and I've just received these bonus three kids that I love dearly it's just it's emotional to think of the journey we've been on and where we are now, because we always hope to be here and yeah. now we're here. So yeah, it's it's crazy looking back. But do you understand the investment you've put in this and how you are now reaping the rewards of that? Even things like, God, one of the most moving scenes I think I've seen in any documentary was you reading out a letter that you'd written to the children's mother's mother, Rebecca, who you've never met. You didn't know, but you do know because you were living in amongst her memories and the children's memories of her Rios, her families. And you wrote to her and it was possibly one of the most beautiful letters I've ever heard read out loud, Kate, just saying, I don't know if I'm getting it right, but I'm going to look after your children for you. And it's, as, yeah, it's the most, honestly, as a mum, I just thought, I'm going to cry now. As a mum, I thought, wow, yeah. I'd, I'd love to have a Kate Ferdinand to watch over from to watch over my children with the same love and devotion and dedication and your 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 hunger to learn how to better serve them was remarkable. Thank you so much. I, it it's kind of strange. I think Pete, some people might think, why has she written that letter? Um, oh, but it's, I, it's like I 
I feel as though I'm part, we're all part of the same family. Mm. And, you know, I think of me now, if I was to leave this earth, I would just want someone to look yeah. after my kids. And that's all I think about. And I'd want someone to love them and care for them and put them first. And don't get me wrong, I, bl- I shout sometimes and I snap and do whatever other parent does. But just to love them and be there for them, I think, is just what any parent would want if they were leaving. I mean, you probably feel in a really heightened way now that you've actually delivered a baby into the world yourself, right? Because the hormones that come with that are just, if in there's, I mean, some women maybe don't experience them, but hormonally you go on a hell of a ride, right? But you wrote that letter before you were a biological parent yourself. And I thought it showed just the most extraordinary emotional intelligence. Oh, yeah. I mean, now that I'm a biological parent, it, um, it heightens the situation yeah. even more for me mm-hmm. because I now know, you know, I knew she was their mum, obviously, and like how big that relationship is. But I didn't understand, you know, giving birth and all these moments that you go through and what it must now feel like when she had to say goodbye to her children. Like, and now that's even more heightened for me. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really emotional and I'm really in touch with everything, but I think that's what makes it work. Sometimes I'm a bit too sensitive and I, then I get sad over silly things, but I suppose that's what makes me be able to be here and and make it work. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, you share so much of this with Blended and congratulations, by the way, because to, to host a show for an hour and make people want to stay with you for an hour is a real skill, Kate. And you go into areas that a lot of people would fear to tread, domestic abuse, estrangement. I mean, I think, again, another moment of great power. I had to stop. I took you out for a walk to listen to Blended and I had to stop when I listened to you open the mic on the episode where you shared your miscarriage and it was you in a room on your own talking to a microphone and it was really powerful. I don't know how you did it. I feel some kind of like um, release when I just be honest. I feel like for a lot of my life, even from when I went on TOWIE, there was this kind of like expectation for me to look a certain way and be a certain Mm. way. And if you're a reality star, then you must be like this. And I kind of got caught up in what everyone thought I should be. And I feel a real release and I can relax around everything when I can just be myself and be open and honest. I thought it was extraordinary because you're opening yourself up for some really challenging conversations. And um, and yeah, I thought it was extraordinary, Kate, really. I mean, more power to you because for any woman that's suffered baby loss, to hear somebody else's experience is a comfort blanket. Yeah, and you know what? I think... Well, it sounds kind of weird, but maybe I was just meant, you know, I do feel our paths are set out for us and maybe I was just meant to walk this path so that then my experience can help other people. Yeah. So I just kind of look at it like that. If you could just help one or two people, then that's amazing because in those moments you feel very isolated and alone. You do, don't you? Yeah. Even if you're in a loving, happy marriage, you can feel very alone in, in those moments because hormonally um, and emotionally, you're somewhere else from your partner. You're you're having you're having the same experience, but you're experiencing it very differently. And hormones are wild, aren't they? Seriously, oh like they're hideous. The... <laughs> <laughs> they're crazy, especially around childbirth and, and whatever. It's like I turn to like I'm so emotional anyway. So that's like times one thousand, and I'm also half the devil. Like it's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, please keep those conversations coming with Blended. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. So are you ready for your first question? Oh, I'm a bit nervous. Go on. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. <laughs> okay. We just talked about how you've explored families in so many different shapes and sizes across the course of Blended. But I wondered, how were you parented and how has that impacted the parent you've gone on to become? I'm a great believer in our childhood, like shapes us and it turns us one way or the other way in regards to how we parent. Um, I am an only child. My mum and dad broke up when I was like three-ish. I've had on and off relationship with my dad, saw him sometimes, sometimes didn't, lots of issues, you know, with all the separation and things like that. My relationship with my mum was rocky, <laughs> to say the least. In my teenage years, I was a bit of a, uh, what would you like, rebel? And I, I Tear rebelled. away. Yeah, tear away. That's probably the best word. And I feel as though my mum at a certain age was quite strict with me, but maybe too strict, which then made me just rebel out of control. Do you get what? <laughs> so. Yeah. But I don't know why, because I I think back and I think, how on earth did I get away with what I'd done? Because my kids could never. Um, <laughs> I used to, like, I would run away from home. I would do mad stuff. I've got to be honest with you. Like, when I think back, I think my poor mum, like, I don't know how she coped with that. Because your mum was, was a single parent, single raising parent. you on her own. Working, I'm guessing, yeah? Working, working. I think I've always, I don't know if it's maybe my mum and dad's breakup. I always had kind of daddy issues, like I... I missed a mal around the house. I felt like when I was disagreeing with my mum, there was no one else in the room to like, you know, give their opinion or anything like that. And we just clashed. So home was sometimes very volatile and it didn't always in my teenage years feel like a safe place. You know, I when I look back, I, it was crazy. So compared to how I parent now, I mean, I, I like to sound firm but fair. Was your mum firm with you or... Was she trying to put the genie back in the bottle by the time you're a teenager? She tried to be firm, but I just wouldn't have it. I don't know how. I, don't, I hope my children don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> that's not an option in our house. Um, but I mean, I think it's because single parenting is, is bloody hard. My mum was trying to be the nice guy, the good cop and the bad cop. Whereas mm. when you have two parents, you can kind of balance it out. And, you know, one can be a bit more reasonable and things like that. And we didn't have any of that. And I felt quite misunderstood um, I think I was very emotional. I was going through a lot with my parents' breakup and being a teenager and hormones. And I just, that just done what I wanted to do, really, which is crazy. And and now, like, yeah, like I say, I'm firm but fair, I'd like to say. We have certain kind of, not rules, but like expectations in the house. And the kids follow them. And if they don't, they get in trouble and they get their phones taken off of them. And it's all very... Reasonable, I would say. Do you think that um, the fact that you do it alongside Rio and that there's two of you that are on the same page, well, are you on the same page? I don't know, I'm making that assumption. Does that make it easier? Yeah, 100%. 100% it makes it easier. I mean, I'm at home more, so I feel like I get the brunt of the every... I'm the nagger. I'm the one that <laughs> nags constantly and they, they probably get really annoyed with me. Just pick your shoes up, do this. You haven't wiped the table. You haven't done this. I actually... She, my voice annoys me the more I say it like and Rio's more of if there's a big problem dad steps in um and the balance between us works 
because I think I, I'm snappy over the small things, which I want to try and stop letting that get to me as much. But Rio kind of lets those things go and steps in when there's more of like a serious issue. Do you think the fact that you've been through so much big stuff together means that the small stuff it is the stuff that he can shrug off? You can just kind of go, there are bigger things to worry about. He's very good at doing that. And I'm I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> but I'm trying to I'm trying to stop that and and calm it down a little bit because I don't think it's healthy for me and I don't think it's healthy for anyone. Yeah. Um, well, they're impossible standards to uphold with four children, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, it is. But that's a work in progress. Can I ask about your dad? Because, you know, obviously we saw on the documentary, you didn't elect to have him walk you down the aisle. That that honour went to Rio's two sons, your two sons, which was a beautiful thing to see. How big a part has your dad played? So basically, my relationship with him was rocky for a very long time. And then when I met Rio... I say when I met Rio, but I think it was when I become a mother because I met Rio and he had three kids and I became a mother figure and I I looked at my life in a different way because Mm. I then had children. Although I didn't do it the biological route, I I found myself becoming a mother. Um, I I reached out to my dad and now we've got an unbelievable relationship, which I never thought we'd have. We weren't close when I was growing up and... I always can't imagine my kids not having their parents close, so I couldn't really understand that decision. But, you know, there's so many things that have gone on and it's not as simple as that. So I suppose when I met Rio maybe five years ago, I think it was, from then on, I've had an unbelievable relationship with my dad and he's moved local. He was at the wedding. He walked me to the aisle, um, but there's just no photos of that. (laughs) And then the kids walked me down the aisle. He might not have liked that, I don't know, but that was the decision I made because he wasn't in my life continuously when I was a kid Mm. to give me away I felt like but I wanted him involved but more importantly I wanted us as a five so me Rio Lorenz Tate and Tia to be the the main kind of people and I always thought the boys would walk me down the aisle I don't know from the minute I met Rio and the kids I always thought the boys would walk me down the aisle ah yeah it was beautiful (laughs) it was but I mean families are difficult aren't they like yeah and I think we we are raised to believe that um families work like this or they don't work, right? And it's like, no, actually, there's no prescription about what a family looks like. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, and I think for everyone that might be going through something similar, I don't normally open up about this, but I feel like there is always hope. Like, I kind of brushed off the thing that I would. I, I thought, I won't have a relationship with my dad. No, nope, no, nope, I'm never going to have a relationship with my dad. No, nope, he hasn't been around. And I put myself in that box. And then I grew up and I thought... I would actually love to. I need to stop being so um, stubborn and just see if it will work. And if it works, it does. And if it doesn't, well, then it doesn't. But at least I've tried. And that's probably one of the best things that I've done. But you did it when you were ready. and you Yeah, did it. I was ready. Yeah, I mean, also, I was pushing my dad out. He would try and contact me in my late years and I wouldn't have any of it. I would not have any of it. That was me. Um, but I feel like I... Um, met Rio I felt loved when I met Rio and I felt relaxed and I felt ready to kind of take on when I think back maybe I wasn't ready before that because I wasn't happy in my own life Um, whereas now I feel quite content and happy that changed things for me yeah it's funny isn't it love can um, really soften the edges of a hostile heart (laughs) yes it can and I was a hard you know what before and I'm a, a bit of a softy now 
It's funny, isn't it? Because actually when we look at you as a family, it's all about what you've brought to the family and how you've adapted and, you know, found your place within the family. But actually, what's Rio brought to your table? As You know, you've just said that that's an extraordinary thing. Just by falling in love with him, it encouraged you to heal an otherwise fractious relationship with your dad. Oh, yeah. I mean he's brought so much like I'm just so grateful for him like um we're so I mean he drives me mental they drive you crazy don't they at times (laughs) but yeah I'm just so grateful for him like we've met each other I think we found each other when we really need both needed it like he needed it the kids needed that kind of thing and I needed it and we've just kind of formed this bond which is just I mean what we've been through some people don't go through in their whole lifetime yeah. So I think it's made our bond, all of us, just so tight. Straight in at the deep end. And then you've got the extended family to deal with. I mean, the documentary we saw Rio's dad, who I know you have a much stronger connection with now, but really stand back and give you a, not a hard time, but certainly didn't make things easy for you. <laughs> so, well, all I'm worried about is the kids. And Rio said to him, I thought, I thought oh God, I love this man. Um, he said, do you not think she needs help at a time like this? Can you not see that this is someone that could be asking for help and you're not helping and he really had your your back he was in your corner but also very respectful of his dad it was it was a it was a really interesting dynamic to see play out it's funny because oh julian 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 um at the beginning our relationship was not good you could see he was very standoffish like he was protecting his family which... he suspected that you were there for the wrong reasons he yeah thought, girl off towie look at my rich footballer son <laughs> all vulnerable she's gonna come in and i don't know hoover up like a gold digger maybe i don't 100%, know percent right 100 percent. and and i now look back and i think you know what he was protecting his family and that's mm. the way that the only way that he knew how to do it um but it's funny because we love each other now. He's, Dear. oh my God, we have the best relationship ever. Like ever, ever, ever. I never thought I would say this, but it's so <laughs> crazy how it's changed. Good. And I, every now and then I, I, you know, I pull him up on that bit and we have a laugh about it. But Does he feel a bit embarrassed about the tough he, time he gave you? He's a stubborn man. So I don't think he'll ever admit to being embarrassed, but I think, yeah. Um but yeah, we get on so well, like yeah. unbelievably. Like I talk to him most days. It's just crazy how the tables have turned. So when I look back to that time, everything has sort of just slowly fallen into place. And I felt as though back then it never would. So I think it's yeah. just what I try and talk about with other blended families is time. It's just time. With time, people, you know, they relax and they can see you for who you really are. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to... See it to believe it and consistency. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, consistency is key, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It really is. You must have learned so much from the conversations you've had on Blended, actually, that have helped you as you navigate the next stage of family life. You've got teenagers in the house. You've got um, a, a, a toddler and you've dealt with baby loss recently. And these are all touchstones that you've hit upon with the podcast. Have, has, have your guests informed you? My guess, oh, I, I kind of just love it because I feel like I get to meet so many people. Mm. You'll probably feel the same and learn yeah. so much about other people's lives. It makes you just put things into perspective um, and maybe take a different outlook on certain things and just learn along the way. Like I'm so grateful for that. I get to learn. I get to talk to like psychotherapists and counsellors and I get to hear about people's journeys. And I feel like not only 
these conversations help people that are listening, but they help me at home and I go and implement certain things at home or, you know, it, it starts up good conversation topics over the dinner table. So yeah, I mean, Blended has helped me so much. I felt like it's what I really needed as well as the Blended community, um, yeah. just to be able to speak openly without feeling judged and That's have the important points. thing, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like sometimes when you share things on Instagram or, or social media, it the way people read it depends on how they take it in. Whereas when you're having the when you're speaking context. Yeah, you can hear it for what it for what it is. And I feel like that's really helped me. It's about the intonation. It's about hearing the tone in which somebody says something in the res in response to whatever was said before. You can't social media is brilliant, but we can't succinctly land ourselves in 140 characters or a reel. Uh, yeah. You know, we just can't. But it's, what I love is the fact that you started Blended as, as an Instagram page and then realised it was a wider conversation and you've widened that out. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I can imagine that when you did, you probably didn't even know that you had this in you, Kate, to be the host of a very intelligent conversation week in, week out that was emotionally very inflammatory. You know what? I just thought I can't do it. Even now, sometimes I, I say to like the people, can I, the production people, can I do this? Like, can I actually do this? But I think I've got no experience in talking like this. I absolutely none. But I suppose I just lead with my heart and talk as I would at home and hope for the best. <laughs> you, you've, you've got more experience than you give yourself credit for, Kate. Yeah, it's true, I suppose, when you say it like that. But I still feel like a newbie to this all this kind of stuff, but you know, I'm learning on the job. Exactly. That's the only way to learn. Yeah. That's the only way to learn. It's just that you've probably got a lot more eyes and ears on you than some people starting out. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so um, are you ready to dive into your next question? Uh, I don't know, go on. <laughs> don't be scared, don't be scared. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG.
I love the fact that across not only the podcast but also the documentary that you, you've you made with Rio, you've spoken so openly about how therapy has really helped you and not just since you've become somebody that the public are aware of but right across your life you've lived with anxiety from well pretty much adolescence onwards so I wanted to know what are some of the big moments in life where therapy has changed or improved an important outcome for you um, in the hope that it will encourage other people to make that appointment to bite the bullet and do it oh that's a big question I need to think about this I can't think of like a specific moment but more in general when life becomes overwhelming anyone Mm. that feels that they've got a lot on their plate and it just all feels too much and you you can't do anything to the level that you want to be doing it because you're really struggling I think it just helped take that pressure off and and like the person that I was speaking to let me know that I am capable it is okay and, and just help me understand myself. I think sometimes you get so caught up in everything that's going on and everything becomes too much that you lose yourself in the process. Mm. So one of the really big things it taught me to do is take time for myself. Like I always want to make everyone else happy. That's my personality. But sometimes to the detriment of myself. And I will literally burn out because I'm doing everything for everyone else. So mm. it just taught me some kind of self-care, which I'm still haven't mastered yet Um, (laughs) it's not easy with four kids no it's not easy just shaving your legs is an achievement (laughs) oh my god tell me about it um but just taking time for me like have some time even if it's a hot shower (laughs) I know it sounds crazy because my kids always walk in when I'm in the shower and I think for fuck's sake like why when I'm having a shower do you walk in but just little things I try to find the enjoyment in small things rather than always looking for the big thing. But I can't think of a specific moment. But, you know, if you think about anxiety, right? Anxiety is, uh, is it's, it's, a, it's in a set of emotional handcuffs. It can hold you back from so many situations in life. Had you not sought therapy to manage your anxiety, would you have ended up going on to, to have a career in the city? Would you have ended up on a reality television show? Would you have been sat by a pool when somebody introduced you to a guy that you, you'd heard was a footballer, but you didn't really know who he was? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> All of those things um, are, are as a result of the the decisions that you made to jump into life. And if you'd sat with your anxiety and allowed it to rule you, you probably never would have done those things. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we're... For me, especially, I'm my own worst critic. And my mind could hold me back from a lot of things. Mm. Even, for example, the podcast. I think that was in the talks for a year or longer. And I kept saying, yeah, I'll do it. And it would get down to, I'm really sorry, I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. Really? Because I just didn't have the confidence to to feel like I could go ahead. And I was so worried about so many things. So I feel like therapy has just helped me understand me and try and be more confident. Don't get me wrong. You would never know. This is what I mean. From social media, you would never think that I wasn't confident. You would just assume from a picture that that I am. But I do lack confidence in certain things. So I suppose it's helped me to just trust the process and go with it and try not to listen to my anxiety all the time or know how to manage it. But you're clearly comfortable in a therapeutic environment because you allowed cameras in on you having therapy, you talking to a therapist. And then we saw you you do something brilliant, which was encourage your children to speak to other children who had 
suffered loss of parent and um they weren't they weren't they weren't resistant to it but they weren't going oh well you know they was a bit like well I'll do it if the others do it but you knew having walked that path yourself that they would get something from it and the end of that therapy session oh my heart could have wept they'd connected with other children that understood their day-to-day feelings that was massive yeah it's massive you know I'm a great believer in communicating I'm laughing because I I I speak about everything like so like probably too much like I have to communicate because I maybe because when I was young when I think back I didn't really have anyone to communicate with and I felt like trapped within myself and unheard at certain times and I've just really really struggled with that so now I'm a great believer in talking we talk at the dinner table we talk all the time we share all of our problems Mm. and although they didn't really believe it at the beginning, the kids now know that when you do talk or you're struggling, when you share that problem, you do just feel better. Well, you have it. Yeah, you, you have it. It's true. I, yeah, 100%. And it just helps. So we are chatterboxes in this house now and we all share our problems and all, all the kids are different. All of them express in different ways. Mm. One of them, for example, loves to talk and wants to talk whenever there's a problem. Another one might hold it in for a little bit and then talk when they're about to explode. Yeah. And the other one doesn't want to talk. But it just shows you that all children deal with things differently. And I think you can't force any of them to talk when they're not ready to. Mm. So that's something at the beginning I thought, right, no, everyone in therapy, we all need this. And the therapist said, listen, this is not how it works. You have to... You have they have to wait until they're ready and you can't yeah. force anyone to do anything. So it's just I mean, talking has definitely helped helped a couple of them by just knowing that they're not alone mm. and that there's people out there to help. And even if we can't fix the problem, we can sit with you in your feelings and we can be there. Um yeah, I think it's just helps you feel not alone, I would say. And and finally, therapy within relationships is something that you and Rio have had to tap into to better understand how to support the children. Um, I mean, I don't think we've had therapy together, but we might get advice from therapists in regards to what's going on in our house and we don't know if we're doing the best thing and, mm. you know, how do you deal with this situation? So we might ask for advice with certain things. Um, to help us move forward but we've never actually had it as a couple yet I say four children it's only a matter of time (laughs) (laughs) true (laughs) okay time for my third and final question Big change is something you've become really adept at. Um, And I wondered what have been the biggest leaps you've had to make to become the woman that you are today? What are those forks in the road that have got you to where you sit today? Um, For me, I've had a real internal journey fighting myself for many, many years. And I always felt as though I was never good enough. I've always fighting something internally. Um, what do you think that is? I really don't know. Um, it must be related to my childhood. I just felt misunderstood for a really long time. And it's like, I felt like I just had to stop and stop worrying about what everyone thinks because mm. I get caught up with what everyone thinks. And, you know, especially when I met Rio, because, I mean, I was, like you said earlier, I was on TOWIE. 
<laughs> um, I had no kids. I've just met this Rio who's a footballer who lives in a big house. Like, come on, it's not, it doesn't exactly sound great, does it? Um, and everyone judged me based on me being that towie girl, not based on who I was and my heart. Mm. And I felt as though I was just judged everywhere, like constantly everywhere I went. And that was, then I felt I was trying to prove myself. No, I am, I am a nice person. I am this. And I got caught <laughs> up in this kind of like cycle of trying to prove myself to who, even to everyone around us. And I just had to stop and just think, right, enough is enough. I think I had a big break off social media, I had a big break off everything. And I just had to love myself, like start to love myself and know who I am and really get to know me get to know why I am the way I am, why I react funny to things and why I do this. And then I could start to love myself more. Yeah, it must have felt very intense at that time, especially when also at the same time as feeling, you know, intensely judged, you're falling intensely in love. So yeah. they're very juxtaposed emotions, I suppose, aren't they? Yeah, and there was also a lot of comparison, obviously, to Re Rebecca, Rio's first wife. And I got caught up in that as well. Like, I just felt like I was never good enough, ever. Mm. To be honest, the documentary really helped me with that. Like, filming the documentary was a real big therapeutic process for me. It was really emotional. But by the end of it, I felt as though I'd overcome a lot and I'd kind of got myself on the right tracks. Because however strong you are, however nice you are, to feel judged by people in your house and everyone and the public and everyone there's only so much of that you can really you can really handle it must be very hard actually to keep a perspective how did you do that <laughs> I'm laughing I don't know I think it got to a point where I couldn't continue like I was struggling a lot you know I'd taken on children that are grieving I've moved into a house that wasn't mine you know I had to learn about all different the kids and all their family members and I had to learn all this stuff and you know I was trying to be me plus everything from the public I just it just all got too much and enough was enough and I felt like I needed to get to that point to reset yeah and you needed to sort of break in order to rebuild <laughs> yeah yeah if that yeah. makes sense and that in a weird way is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me because I've learned so much about myself I realized I am I don't think strong's a good thing sometimes I'm strong but you know, only to a certain point, but I realize I can actually handle a lot. Yeah. Did it get in the way of you enjoying falling in love with each other? Because obviously none of this works unless you two work. I mean, obviously it was, uh, we had amazing times and, and so many good times. And there was difficult times because it's, we're starting a whole new beginning with kids that have been through so much. Like it's not, wasn't straightforward at all. And it wasn't um, really just about you two, was it? it you, you no. Didn't, you didn't get into a couple, you got into a family. Yeah, I think there wasn't really the honeymoon period. You know, when you have that honeymoon mm. period, you just, you know, doing what you're doing, going on holidays and doing that. We didn't really have any of that. But I feel as though it's made us who we are now because we've mm. been through so much, like I said earlier, that to get to where we are now, at one point we probably never thought was going to happen. So we just make sure you appreciate where we are and the journey that we've been on. That's the, probably one of the most significant leaps you've ever taken. Yeah. And you, and, you know, you went in with both feet. You knew very quickly, I can't do a reality television show where we're bickering about someone's, you know, hair extensions or <laughs> how deep is their And tan. they were my problems, the hair yeah. extensions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you're going, you're going home to a family that are dealing with genuinely real issues, um, yeah. it must have made everything feel 
slightly ridiculous. I think it just put everything into perspective. Yeah. But when people have these traumatic life events, everything is put into perspective and it makes you think what is really important and it makes you readjust. And I suppose I readjusted completely my whole life and people that were with me from previously before, they probably couldn't understand what the hell was mm. going on because I wasn't open. I, I, I kind of went in. The world that you were moving into was so emotionally fraught and you were coming from a place that was really, by comparison, quite frivolous, like where are we going on Saturday, what are you wearing? You know, those were yeah. the burning conversations, right? <laughs> you must have felt that, you know, that world was just so alien to the one that you were stepping into. I think that was it. And I think actually filming the documentary and some of my friends, you know, that I'd lost contact with, seeing that, they then understood mm. what was going on. I just didn't really have the capacity to be having those kind of conversations when I've had such deep stuff going on. Did a lot of your friends judge you for giving up work to look after the children? I think probably everyone did. I've always worked and I've, I've always done that. Like it's been something that I've always done and I need to work for my mind. So to give it up, I think shocked everyone that, that know, knew me because that wasn't my personality. Um, but I knew what I was doing. I knew that in order for this to work for a period of time to get settled in, in, so then I can go back to work and I'd be comfortable and know that the kids are secure and happy. But I think people couldn't see the bigger picture, maybe. Yeah, but they would never have, um, they would never have questioned it, were you their biological mother? Yeah, it's true. It's very it's true, true, right? You know, you yeah. go, oh, my kids have been through a lot. I need to be there for them, so I'm going to step back from work for a while. Of course, totally get it. <laughs> right thing to do, yeah. What about the other moments of great transformation? What about... For example, stepping into the workplace for the first time. What did that look like for you? What were your ideas for yourself as a professional person? I've never known what I want to do. Even to this day, I don't. You know, like yeah. when you're a kid and you're like, this is what I want to do. But I've never really like had a talent. Um, like I always think if I was in one of these shows and they're like, right, time for your talent. I'll be like, uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> so yeah, I've always struggled to know where my path is or what I'm doing, but I've always been quite a hard worker and I enjoy that escape. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've had many jobs. You know, my first job was a hairdresser. I've worked in a fish and chip shop. I've, when I, was, I had loads of jobs when I was a kid because I, we didn't have loads of money and I always wanted the finer things in life. So I used to go from job to job, like I'd work in the week and then I'd have an evening job at the weekend and I'd do all this. So I've always, I've always had lots of jobs, but going, actually going back to work post Cree, having my biological son was really daunting well, because yeah. you, you, I feel like you kind of lose all sense of who you are and mm. if you're capable of doing anything other than thinking about nappies and milk um, but I just love it. It's set me free. I feel like I get to be away from home. I love them all, but I get to be me and just me without thinking about anyone else apart from the job in hand. And then I feel like when I get home, I'm better for I've it. I've got more patience mm. and I'm really excited to be home rather than sometimes, you know, when you're at home constantly, like it's been half term and they're all driving you mental. You've yep. got a really short fuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, know that one. Yeah. <laughs> How did you feel after uh, becoming a mum in terms of, you know, you said you, you obviously you wanted to get your professional identity back, but how did you identify yourself? Because for me, it was massive. I just felt, I felt everything differently. It, I always say to my son, you are all the colours in my rainbow. Everything was Aww. kind of black and white before you came along. But with that comes a whole ton of feelings. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean... 
I felt different even from becoming a stepmom with Lorenz Tate and Tia, but I couldn't quite, you know, understand it because I hadn't had a biological child, but everything changed the minute I met them. All my priorities changed like that, like really quickly overnight. I suppose the difference with having careers, you, you kind of prepare for it. You, you're pregnant for yeah. nine months. I mean, you try and prepare for it, but you can't really. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> but yeah, everything changed. Everything, like the way... Literally, like you say, everything. I see everything differently. And, yeah. And I feel like you get to know a new version of you um, because the way you think about things change. You understand people, you know, that have got kids and the way they've thought. Just everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the best version of myself I've ever been right now. You know, oh. like over the years, I was not happy with certain things. And right now I feel like I'm a work in progress but I feel like I'm the best version of myself to date. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh, that's lovely to hear. Yeah. That's really lovely to hear. And what ambitions do you have left for you? I mean, now that the family are working and it's all cooking nicely, what what's on your list for you? Well, I love Blended. I love what I'm doing with Blended. And I love helping people. And, you know, there's still moments where I really, really struggle um and I feel alone so I want to continue having those conversations hopefully make that broader um I don't know you know like I'm open to lots of different things just as long as I can feel um satisfied in what I'm doing and like I'm doing the right thing I don't like to jump in doing just anything that just for the sake of it so I'll just take it slowly and see what comes really Oh, it's so nice to hear, Kate. You feel, it sounds like you're in a very contented spot in life. Yeah, let's hope, let's hope it lasts. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> but I really hope you carry on these conversations with Blended because more and more families look different to ever before. You know, um, that's it's not a it's not a trend. It's not a phase. It's just a way of life now. So to discuss all of those nuances in an intelligent way is really valuable. Thank you so much. I hope it continues. I just hope it helps people. I, I mean, just hearing people talk helps, doesn't it? I had Debbie Bright on the podcast oh, with I love Lydia Debbie. and George. Yeah, Georgia. And they, they talked about being a family that fosters. And you've talked to Debbie about her. I mean, what an incredible woman. So uplifting and positive. And as it, just her heart, you know, has oh, been open right. to so many children. How many kids have they fostered? Over 200 or something. It's ridiculous. Over, yeah. Over 200 children. And she is, I mean, I love the whole family, but I'm I'm obsessed with Debbie. Like, she's just an amazing woman. Someone asked me the other day, who's my idol? And I'm just thinking, I don't really see an idol as someone that looks good. I kind of think of someone's heart and what they do. Mm-hmm. And I just can't think of anyone apart from Debbie. Like, she's oh. just such an amazing woman, she isn't really she? Is. She really she's, is. But she's so fun. Like, I... And she's so carefree. This is what I go, I've told this story before, but I go to her house with the kids and it's love you, Debbie, but there's stuff everywhere. Like it's probably the opposite of my house. Everything has a home. <laughs> stuff everywhere. And I, I remember her saying to Tia, well, you know, do you want to, you can paint, paint the walls. And Tia went, we don't get to do this at home. She's like, she'll let you do it at home. I said, absolutely not. Enjoy it while you're at Debbie's because it's not happening at home. But I just aspire to be carefree like her as well. Like she's not only got a massive massive loving heart. She's just carefree and it is what it is. Whereas I'm a bit bloody stiff. I'm like, no, we need a clean house. We need this. She just inspires me. 
Oh, okay. Continued success in everything that you do, um, especially uh, with the family. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Our huge thanks to Kate Ferdinand. What a lovely woman. Don't forget, Blended Her podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. And my thanks to you for listening. The show, as always, is produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Maria Nibs for Yahoo Studios, with editing by Eleanor Humphrey. And our music, as always, is from Andy Bell. And if this chat has left you wanting more, why not have a scroll back through our back catalogue where you'll find episodes that focus on the many different shapes and sizes families come in these days. There's Alistair Campbell with his daughter Grace. We've got the Brights talking about being a family that foster. Whilst actress Charlie Brooks opens up about life raising her daughter alongside her ex who lives in the flat above her. So happy scrolling and until next Friday, thanks so much for your company. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.